When I was invited to address this convention upon a topic related to Eretz Yisrael, I was given to understand that the subject had been suggested with an eye to the current situation by Eretz Zion Yerushalayim. A situation which in many respects has bonded diaspora and Israeli Jewry more closely as Achim Letzara, but which in other respects may possibly have driven a wedge between those of us who are caught up in the maelstrom and others who distance, them, distance themselves or their children from the eye of the storm. As you can see, I accepted the invitation. The Yomam Dial Dati and a lot of the education that I received, Israel has always been close to my heart, and my attachment to it has only intensified over the years. I am, of course, deeply concerned about our present station and its charges. However, let me state an opening. My primary focus this evening shall be the fundamental rather than contemporary facets of our topic. That topic being one major aspect of the place of Eretz Yisrael in the life and thought of Knesset Yisrael, and by extension, the implications, conceptual and interactive both, for Jewish experience and existence in what has been variously described as Gola or Necha. In the quasi-political realm, the issue that, I've focused, that I'm focusing upon has, of course, history of its own. Reflected in one sense, in the Gemara's distinction, the Gemara's Ha'edon Dafei, that the Yisrael is the provenance of Mechokeik, Bavel, the diaspora is the center of Shevet, civil and political authority, and of course, in a totally different sense, reflected the internecine struggles waged by Ben-Gurion and worldwide Zionist Askanim over hegemony in the nascent state half a century ago. Those debates, however, dealt with questions of power and authority, of the relationship who has the mayor and who has the day, questions which are important in their own right, but which judge from a spiritual perspective, are secondary, if not ancillary. And I do very much want to attempt to deal with the primary concern, the historic and ashkafic roots of the role of Eretz Yisrael in defining and molding the identity of our national community. In Eretz Yisrael, we are unfortunately accustomed with dealing with this issue at both the substantive and forensic planes, at one end of the ideological spectrum, vis-à-vis advocates of a distinct Israeli as opposed to a traditionally Jewish identity. In one form, this tendency antedates the state, but it unquestionably received fresh impetus with the achievement of political independence, and its momentum since then has lamentably continued. A generation ago, the question of that Israeli as opposed to Jewish identity was most familiarly manifested the phenomenon known as Knan and Yut, a fairly radical movement which sought somehow to go back to a presumed anti with an E Jewish world, but one which was radical, but perhaps for that very reason was often regarded as a fringe element. Today, those who would mold and limb a separate identity are often less belligerent than a generation ago, 
but far more widespread. The tendency today being the result of ignorance and alienation more than of resistance to confrontation. To those who tune to T.S. Eliot's oft-repeated contention that blasphemy reflects a more religious sensibility than apathy insofar as the Megadev at least recognizes, be it adversarially, the presence he engages in battle, the current version of the quest for attaining and defining Yisraeli youth is even more dangerous than its previously more contentious predecessor. Be this as may, we are confronted with a sociological phenomenon we rightly regard as the threat to our religious world, one which constitutes, in fact, a dual threat. First, the advocates of this Israeli youth tend to idealize an ethic and a Weltanschauung very much in variance with the traditional, inasmuch as they reject the transcendental order and furthermore set a premium about self-centered realization and innovative assertiveness very different from what critics and advocates alike have regarded as a more, if you will, passive or sensitive or feminine ethic. Beyond this, however, the very attempt to distance Israeli society from its roots, ethnic, historical, and spiritual, and to mold a new identity, grounded in land, language, polis, in one sense, and yet more universal and globalized in another, is from our perspective very dangerous. So we do battle with these adversaries at one end of the spectrum. However, I think we need to confront, admittedly, at a totally different plane, the reverse inclination as well. Ashkofer, which strives to minimize, albeit without totally rejecting, the significance of Israel at a fundamental level in molding our collective Jewish identity. This tendency, too, has gained momentum in recent years across a broad spectrum of the world of committed Shlomo Israel, and it is to it, to that issue, and to them, that I want to address my remarks. Any analysis of this issue starts for us in the world of Halacha. More specifically, from Melokus Classicus, drawn from an area seemingly remote from the socio-political, and yet it is a text so critically germane to it. The Gemara of Gimel, with reference to the Halacha of that if Bezna Godel had issued an erroneous psaq, and most of the tzibul had followed it in practice, that instead of each individual bringing his own personal korban, so Allah is that instead the Bezin brings a korban on behalf of Kala Yisrael. So naturally the question arises, how do you determine what is most of the tzibul? Who is the tzibul most of which needs to err? And the Gemara explains, Amar Abasi, but got to this point, only take into consideration the residents of Eretz Yisrael. Shneimar, with regard to Chanukas Beisabikdash, the pasuk says Malachim, Vayas Shlomo Beitahir Techag B'Chol Yisrael Imo Kahal Gadol Milavochamat Anachal Mitzrayim Lifnei Hashem Elokenu Shivat Yabim Shivat Yabim Rabasar Yom Mechdi Chtiv B'Chol Yisrael Imo. Pasuk speaks for the whole of Israel. 
Why do we need to know where, what is the geographic location? For this we are to learn, Hani, those who live within those boundaries, who kahal, they are the ones who define this community as the community. Avalhanach, the others, beyond its borders, lo kahal. Striking, a radical Gemara, if you will. And yet, it was set down and served subsequently as the basis for a number of halachic applications. I presume that it may be perceived in the substratum of an apparent havamina in the Rambam. Rambam says in Cheshkolim, Hashkolim enano agimela bifnei abayit uvizman shebeit hamikdash kayam notnim shet hashkolim bein b'eretz Yisrael bein b'chutz l'aretz uvizman shu chareiv hamikdash is destroyed even in Eretz Yisrael, you don't give shkoli after chum. Apparently, thought crossed the Rambam's mind that, from a logical standpoint, one might have thought that after chum there are shkolim in Eretz Yisrael and there are no shkolim in Chutzlaretz. What could be the basis of such a hafamina? Inasmuch as shkolim are an expression of one's belonging to Tzibu. So Tzibur in Eretz Yisrael perhaps would exist even after Chum, but the need to bring Shkolim for some Chutzlaretz, for Kobrez Tzibur which no longer are being brought that would disappear and I presume that Havamina is based on the Gemara Helios, but this is only Havamina and a conjectural one at that, but of course if we're dealing with the Ramba even Havamina is significant and in any event elsewhere the import of the Gemara as a basis for other halachic applications is fully explicit. We all recall the Rambam's striking chidush regarding the possible restoration of classical smicha. Classical smicha, an unbroken chain, Ishmi Pishmi Baisha Rabbeinu, was suspended sometime in the Tkuba Samiroim, and the prevalent assumption is that having been suspended, it cannot be renewed short of Bias of The Rambam explains this is that so. And he says, If all Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael should decide to appoint Dayanim and empower them to pass in the Knossos, then they are recognized in this text and in a far more elaborate antecedent formulation of Pirush Meshai Sanhedrin the qualification of Chachamim Shabbat Yisrael why is only those who are in Eretz Yisrael why are those Chachamim why aren't the Chachamim Chutzlaretz goes unexplained other than by allusion to the general halacha based upon Yerusham Mechkige that Smicha needs to take place in Eretz Yisrael however in the Pirush Mishnayis of the Rambam in Pcheris, Perikdal Mishnah Gimel, it's clear that the explanation of this detail of Chachamim Shabbat Yisrael, as indeed of the broader halacha that Smicha is confined to Eretz Yisrael, derives from the principle expounded by Ravasi, Hani Ikri Kol, Hanoch Le Ikri Kol. Chavabeyalnu, I read from a Kapach's translation, Chavabeyalnu, Mitchilat Sanhedrin. 
אל הסמוך בארץ ישראל, בין שהיה סמוך מפי סמוך, או בהסכמת בני ארץ ישראל למען אותו ראש ישיבה, לפי שבני ארץ ישראל הם מה שנקראים קהל, והשם קראם כל הקהל, ואפילו היו עשרה אחדים. Only the ten individuals, they are a community. And hence, סמיכה in general, and the renewal of סמיכה in particular, is in their hands. ואין חוששין, and we pay no account, no pay attention, למי שזולתם, those apart from them, בחוץ לארץ, כמו שביארנו בהוריות. A presumably parallel application may be discerned in an equally striking sack of the Rambam in a totally different context. We've got the establishment of Moedim Muzmanim, Yavim Toivim, Rosh HaKadoshim. So we know there was a period, of course, it was Donald Piyariya, whenever Edim would come and say they'd seen the new moon, and subsequently a period when everything is done al by calculation. We won't go into the details of this, but Rambam, at the end of Parakei Chedesh, he writes of how we now ground ourselves upon the Cheshbim, Rambam says, ביום טוב, ביום פלוני, ונוקד דלוח, ומסי שבועס, such a day, such a time, לא בחשבון שלנו אנו קובעים, ולא עליו אנחנו סומכים. It's not a חשבון that we have sitting in Cordova, sitting in מצרים. Why not? שאין מעברים שנים בקובעים חדשים בחוץ לארץ, ואין לנו סומכים אלא על חשבון בין ארץ ישראל וקביעתם. We rely solely upon the practice and the nuk of B'nai Eretz Yisrael, and it is they who define, by their practice, in light of antecedent calculations, when Yom Tevim are going to be. The Sefer HaMitzvah, the Ramam speaks of this as well, and there he says, if Chas V'Sholem, the community of Eretz Yisrael, should be totally decimated, which we have been promised by the Rebbein Shalem, shall never be, then there would be no more Adim's money. Ois Yom Tevim. Here again, the Rambam doesn't explain, other than if we will, some allusion to the limitation which we have in the Gemara, that evil shonim needs to take place in Al-Sisrael, unless the greatest, the first rank of Chachim Adir in the Chutzlah, is Habit Rabbi Akiva, Shloniach Kmotobar Al-Sisrael, but that Allah itself. Why must Kiddush Chodesh, the Yibu Shara, take place in Yisrael? That per se requires some elucidation. And the Avni Nezer, the Tshuva, found it in the link of Eretz Yisrael and Kohal. Achnireli, he says, this is a chelik beiz, or a chayim simashin yudalad. Achnireli be'oran shal dvarim, ki ma'alat Eretz Yisrael ha'chutz la'aras la'shochnim ba katav ma'aral be'inyan ha'revut sh'aya b'tchilat b'yatam la'aretz. כי ארץ עושה לה שוכנים עליה כאיש אחד, מאחר שהיא מיוחדת לישראל, ארץ מצרפתה מיות אחת. על כן נעשו ערבים זה לזה, בשעה שבוע ירדן ובאו לארץ ישראל עיין בדבריו. וזה נרמז גם כן בש"ס הוריות, בהוראה לא חשוב, שארץ ישראל, הנך איקרי קהל, אבל אינך לא איקרי קהל. 
ועל כן צריך לקדש בארץ ישראל דווקא, ונחשב כאילו קידשו כל הקהל, מאחר שכולם כאיש אחד ומועיל הקידוש של כל ישראל. The first the passage in the Maral speaks of fact in Eretz Yisrael, Klal Yisrael constitutes an organic, integrated entity, as it were, an extended personality, and therefore, as we'll see in a moment, there is Arevus, there's mutual responsibility, that being the case, and that being specifically in a certain sense related to Eretz Yisrael, therefore, Kiddush HaKedosh, done for Klal Yisrael, must be Davki in Eretz Yisrael. And the Adonez refers to particularly, again, to that Gemara Nehriyas. The text of the Maral alluded to the Jew of the Adonezer is to be found in the Nitivot Olam, Nitivat Staka, in a passage which, like many in the Maral, straddles the line between Aloche and Machshove. And we'll deal here with the specifics related to Tzadokia, although it'll be very, very interesting. But rather to the principle which Maral here sees as underlying his discussion. When they entered as Israel, they were as one people, fully integrated. The principle of Arevus only took hold fully and firmly when they entered as Israel and became as one. Now the text to which the Maral in turn alludes is Gemara in Sanhedrin, Nachman Gimlom Beis. Gemara quotes a Braise. With reference to the Pasuk in Itzavim, Hanistaot l'Hashem Elokeinu, Vaniglot l'Anu l'Voneinu Adolam, responsibility for hidden sins. That relates to the Benishlots for him to deal with. Those that are open and public, that's for us and our descendants forever. So, in the Sefer Torah, the Pinktalach, some of the letters in these words, and the Gemara asks, the Bryce says, Yudah says that this is to tell you that the punishment for of the community for tra- hidden transgressions of any particular member of the community, that was held off until they reached out Yisrael. Nikolais, for that there was already responsibility in the desert, but the Stolais only then. Omer Rabbi Nechemye, v'chiyanashel ha-nistaot me'olam, v'alok v'onemar ad olam, that forever ha-nistaot will be l'ashem al-akeinu. But we as part of the community are responsible for whatever person does in hiding. Ela, the contrary. K'shem sh'lo'onash la'nistaot, kach lo'onash alon shishu begolui, that indeed, that the principle of Arevus, of public, of mutual responsibility for transgressions of others, 
culpability, of liability. That indeed was upgraded when they entered Eretz Yisrael, but not to the point that previously for Niglot, and not even for Nistarot, but previously for nothing, and not only for Niglot. Now, of course, the difficulties posed by Yudin Shite are self-evident. First, it seems to contravene the principle of Ishbecheto Yumatu, of personal and purely personal culpability. Now, second, even if it did stay in the Pasuk, our own moral sense, certainly within individualistic ethic, is challenged by the possibility that retribution might devolve upon a presumably innocent. I mean, the time was evidently perturbed by this possibility, and contrary to the simple shot of the sugya, seeks to neutralize it by introducing a factor drawn from another Gemara Senate, confronted with the apparent contradiction between the principle of Ishbechetor Yumatu and the concept of Arevus as a basis for more general liability, the Gemara of Zayin and Medbezus Eredin qualifies. We'll read it this week. And Chazal the Breisdels Kerim Darsh Ishba Avon Archiv. Each will trip over the transgression of the other in the sense they'll be liable for it. It was only if a person, in some respect, is himself culpable because he had the, the occasion to protest and he remained silent. Abinutam addressed himself to the Gemara from Gimlom and Beis analogously, superimposes the element of Hayabi Adob Imchot Michu upon the later Brice. Only that. The Ravon, contemporary Rabbi Nutam, takes a similar position. But of course, the Pashtas of the Sugya, which omits any reference to the accessory guilt of Silentio, clearly seems to suggest otherwise. And it's to this understanding that there was an Onesh when he starot, even if one had not had the opportunity to be Meichet, the Maral of the Maral didn't know it doesn't refer to it, but it's to that understanding that the Maral refers. And what is intended here is clear. The Maral says that as long as Klaus of the Chutzlaritz, there are many individuals, one of which might be unliable for the transgressions of another, only insofar as he himself was somewhat culpable. Nigelot, at most, according to Yudishit, because it's he and the other. He's only liable for what he does, not for what the other does. But coming to Eretz Yisrael, this dichotomy between self and other, to some extent, breaks down. There is now an organic whole, and here, the principle of collective guilt, something may be called from Karl Jasper's classical book, The Question of German Guilt, sense of collective guilt of being part of a collective which sins and sins grievously and therefore every member as every organ every maver of this collective is party as it's worth of that sin that takes hold and therefore the Maal says what is implicit in that Gemara is the sense that upon the entry into Yisrael the relation of the one to the other undergoes a radical transformation and this It's part of what is intended by Koho in Eretz Yisrael as opposed to Chutzlavetz. The full import of the difference between Kol Yisrael, Arabian, Zebo, Zeh 
in the context of Eretz Yisrael, as opposed to that of Chutzlaretz, may best be appreciated by a brief disquisition upon the halachic status of Orev, of a guarantor, in the Mishpat categories, in a strictly legal halachic sense. I refer particularly to the classic question which is raised by the Machne Ephraim, why is it that an Orev is chayef? The Gemara Basra says, Omer Without going into details, the clear premise of the Gemara here is that the reason that a guarantor is liable is because he has assumed liability. He has undertaken upon himself that if X doesn't pay, he will pay. And you can accept any kind of ischaivis. I can say that if it rains tomorrow, I'll give you a thousand dollars. And if the proper elements of Kenyan are in order, the ischaivis is toe-face. This impression that Orev is grounded in Ischaivis is reinforced by the Rambam, who in Parkidalavich is Bechir Orchet HaSvod in explaining that Shir Das of Ischaiv may create obligation ex nihilo concludes Sharechi Yevatzmo Kamosha Yishtabei De Orev. You assume that obligation as an Orev does. Elsewhere, however, a very different sense seems to be conveyed. We all remember the Gemara in Kedushin Amarove, if a man wants to be Mkadesh a woman, and she says, give the money to my friend, and I will become a Kudush. Mkudeshet midin areif. Areif, laaf, af, agav, dolobotiano, aliyadei, konishabit nafshei, hayit tanami, af, agav, dolobotiano, aliyadei, konishabit nafshei, nafshei. Just as an Orev becomes liable for debt even though he has not received the money, the woman can become a Kudush even though she has not received the money. But of course, the Gemara's Lashen notwithstanding, pure ischaivis, pure obligation, the readiness to assume liability, that cannot suffice for Kudushin. Kudushin can only be Chal through an objective medium. And consequently, unless we accept the view expressed by some Rishonim, including possibly the Rambam, that the Kesef Kedushin in this case is not the actual money given to the third party, but the Hanoi, the satisfaction, the gratification which the woman has from the fact that that money was given per her order. Unless we assume that, we are palpably driven to an understanding of Chiv Orev defined by Tosis and Bab Metziah in very different terms. Tastes of Tanzan Medbeis and Ainalafim Medbeis, I won't go into the details of this, but simply extract the pity formulation. It's as if the woman has received the money. If a lender comes to me 
And I say to him, I want to, I'll be responsible for the money. But don't give it to me, give it to my friend. So, Tejas says, what difference does it make? With it in my pocket, I, well, I told him to put it in somebody else's bank account. The moment that the money is disposed of, as I had asked it to be disposed of, it's as if I had received it. This is a very different understanding of Allah. It's a problem which needs to be dealt with, of course, in the context of Allah's Cheshemishmet. But for our purposes, the analogy is clear. There's one kind of Arevus which is external. I haven't received a rotten cent, neither in reality nor virtually, and yet I'm liable because I've decided consciously and willfully to assume liability. And I can do that as a sovereign being, but it's the self in relation to the other. And then there's an Arevus which engages me as a power. As if there's some kind of symbiosis between the lover and the Arev, and money received by the lover is regarded as having received both by him and by the Arev. And paradoxically, two people become Chayev for one Alvoy. With regard to the Arevus of Kolisol Arevin Zebelze, likewise, there is the external Arevus of Nikolais. You accept the responsibility, and you're liable because you accept it. That can apply to Chutzlaris as well. One individual assuming liability for the other individual. And as Israel, this is apparently the import of what both Rabbi Chemi and Rabbi Yudah assume, but particularly according to Rabbi Yudah, in as Israel, there's a different kind of arifus. There is a symbiosis between sinner and the rest of the community. And therefore, according to Rabbi Yudah, even for Nistoris, the element of collective guilt, collective responsibility comes out. So, there is implicit in this Gemara, says the Maral, a sense of a common organic existence, which serves as the Adonezer understands the basis for a kind of collective Kiddush HaChodesh. And these are grounded, as the Adonezer suggests, both upon that Gemara in Herias, dealing with a seemingly arcane area of We've singled out several areas, with respect to which Eretz Yisrael and Knesset Yisrael, country and nation, Hanik Rukol or Koturvitz.